From the backstretch at Saratoga, this is Loose on the Lead with Steve Bick and Seth Merrill. Loose on the Lead is sponsored by... Good morning. Welcome to day number one for Loose on the Lead. Day number four at the racetrack. Day number one for Loose on the Lead. Seth Merrill and Steve Bick. Steve, good morning. Seth. Welcome back. Thank you. You're number 54. <laughs> it can't be longer than we've either of us have been alive or, uh, you know, when, when we've. It, 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 this has been a matter of long debate. How many well, years we've done this? Mormino asked me on the show, and I said, I, I don't know the exact. But I said, you know, it goes back to we were doing it every week in the studio in Schenectady for a while. And every week you'd bring in donuts. We missed the donuts. And I'm trying to think of where I would pick them up now that uh, you say it was, that. It, uh, it was someplace. Nap Bella Napoli and Troy, maybe? Was yes, it? probably. Probably, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. On River Road. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Or the occasional, the occasional cider donut. Oh, your your favorite. Donuts. That's yeah, your I, personal I, favorite. I do love cider donuts. The radio bars, which I'd never had until you brought that's, them in. Uh, that's a bell. And I love I love these places that try to pass them off like like they make them. Uh, the <laughs> Roma, the Cardona now, right? Cardona Market in town. Uh, the, they uh, they've got stuff from Bell and Napoli, and they they you know, the radio. Oh, these are our specialty. They're not your specialty. They're a specialty, but uh, yeah. And up in your neck of the woods, is it hand melon time? Please. I, are you going to make me go off on a hand melon? On, on, I mean, we're not, we're seconds into the show. And I, I, yes, okay. The hand family, the market, the, 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 it's, a, it's also known as a Jersey melon or a musk melon. They, they somehow created a mystique about those melons. It, it's just a melon. It's a, the best story is, I, I remember bringing one up to my friend uh, Genevieve in, in Montreal and, and talking about the hand melon, the hand melon. And I get up there and I cut it up and I, for her and her mom, she takes one bite. She goes, this is a cantaloupe. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're, you're right. It's a cantaloupe that they somehow are charging by the pound for the thing. I, where they weigh it, uh, that's that's uh, seven ninety-five. Cantaloupe. It, relax. It's it, BJ Farms out in Greenwich. They. It's very funny actually. They were also doing the same melon, but they were putting them in baskets and selling them for two dollars a melon. And now they got smart, and now they're basically selling them by the pound now for years at the at carolina barbecue i would pick up like five or six and i'd have them you know off the menu you know for people like you would come by and i'd make that special seth merrill plate and you know i i do miss the barbecue well that's because you never had to pay <laughs> it was good food it was good food but you never had to pay. That, you know, that, that was the part you liked best. I'm emphasizing you good food. But I used to pick up the melons. And, and you know, a couple of years ago, this little miniature, have you seen the miniature melon? No. Like a miniature cantaloupe? Yes. No. It was a, 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 a sugar cube or a sugar baby. It's, it's a cantaloupe about this big, size of like a duck pin bowling ball out of this world and there was a guy in in grangerville right in that little hamlet 
before you get to Schuylerville. And he had a, uh, he had like a uh, small RV and he had, you know, he was growing stuff in the backyard, including these little baby, uh, they were, I mean, so sweet. And you literally could spoon right to the, right to the rind out of this world. I tell you what, I'm off to a slow start a little bit, little bit, I've had some decent winners uh, at the meet these first three days, but I am on a run of picking watermelons. I am four for four so far this summer with my watermelon selection at the market. I, I am beside myself. And, and that's big, because I was it's on a, vacation uh, up in Maine last week uh, with my sister, and we were talking melons, and, I, and we were both saying, you know, you're hit and miss with melons. I've had, and I've had hit, years, hit, exactly, but. and so uh, somebody taught me you need the yellow belly, the, 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 the nice little yellow tint, uh, that, that one spot, and also flattish, flattish, and if you are weighing some the same size, the heavier the better. I, I have so far bought four watermelons since the weather got nice, four for four, and the one that I cut into yesterday? I, I mean, like candy, <laughs> like candy. So this so, is this is you know when when you're when you're struggling a little bit with the selections and with the multi-race wagers, you got to take your wins where score, you can. Score with the melon. That's you went up to Maine and uh, uh, were you scouting for a new vacation house for <laughs> Tina and I? You, Tina, yeah. Well, you, you had a perfectly good vacation. I, I was we had that, a fabulous I was, I was vacation. That we had a, a but but nothing beat the week we would get at the Merrow Estate. You know, the, the Bushes have Kenny Bunkport, the Merrows had uh, Falmouth, and they sold the thing out right from under water. us. Right on the water. Unbelievable. So, but, uh, yeah, just uh, Unbelievable. my whole life up there. And, but we rented a nice place a little further down by your sister and her family and whatnot. Well, rent being Locked the operative the word. You had, it's yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I missed the, the place up there yeah. in Falmouth, but uh, we made the best of it, sat on the beach a little bit. Uh, got to had some nice weather. As I say, looking at Twitter, I saw you had some nice weather down in Mexico, and then took the car up Route 66. Oh, un unbelievable experience. In fact, I should have sent the pictures. Uh, by the way, note note the uh, the, the golden U, right? Huh? Yeah. Have you ever seen me this Dan? No. Huh? No. Have I ever looked better? Uh, no. no. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, a week in Mexico where I, you eat. For, if if I get a tan. Then you it's know, really uh, yeah, you can, because I am not one to tan. Tina, Tina, literally, the plane landed in Cancun, and I looked over at her, and she was brown. It, it was weird. It was almost, it was surreal. Uh, we didn't even have to. She didn't even have to lay out in the sun to get Walk, that there. Walked out the runway. I walked out the exactly. Uh, then we flew to Phoenix, rented a convertible, and made our way toward Flagstaff uh, to drive Route 66, something I've always wanted to do. And we didn't, we didn't get the whole 2,600 miles. You know, technically, you're supposed to go Chicago to LA. So we picked it up in Arizona and made our way toward Chicago. And I had to go to Indiana to Horseshoe for Derby, Indiana Derby, uh, so Thursday and Friday. So we had to get to Indianapolis by Wednesday night. So it's really a Saturday to, to Wednesday. It's all, it, we had to cover a fair amount of ground. It was, it's a bittersweet experience because Route 66 itself is not, you know, it doesn't exist. It was decommissioned in the 70s. And really, I-40, which goes coast to coast, I-40 kind of replaced it. Ah, I didn't realize that. I-40 pretty much replaced it. However, there's certain parts 
I mean, you can you can get off I-40 in Arizona and in New Mexico and go into the towns and get little snippets in the towns that 66 passed through. But once you hit Oklahoma, you can basically go Route 66, the actual road from Oklahoma to Chicago with very few interruptions at that point. Uh, it, you know, there's parts of it that is that is sad. I mean, where you there's these little towns that have been you know devastated by the loss of that traffic, and so there's these ruins, uh, you know, gas stations and trading posts and and diners and uh, rest stops. And I mean, I happen to like that. You know, there's a whole there's a whole abandoned uh, photography thing out there that uh, people enjoy, and I like it. Um, but then there's parts that have been either restored and renovated uh, or are still existing and doing well, particularly restaurants, uh, you know, burger drive-ins, uh, Wayland's Cuckoo Burger uh, in, in Miami, Oklahoma. Uh, we stopped there for a burger right before seeing the childhood home of Mickey Mantle in Commerce, the Commerce Comet. That was fabulous. Uh, I, 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 you learn things, you see things that are amazing. Uh, who knows about the transcontinental foot race? 19, I did not. 1928, across the country, a foot race, and a kid by the name of Andy Payne from Foyle, Oklahoma, won it. Uh, an amazing, a, a high schooler, graduate, you know, high school runner from this little tiny town. Just amazing. I, things, there's markers for that kind of stuff. And I uh, drove through Baxter Springs, uh, Kansas, Kansas, that uh, uh, home of, uh, boyhood home of Hale Irwin. Uh, we stopped at uh, the, the Will Rogers, uh, amazing, the Will Rogers Library. Uh, it, 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 it had so many experiences in, a, in just this five-day period. Uh, then got to St. Louis, went to the Arch. Had never, as many times I've been to St. Louis, had never gone up in the Arch. Well, what is that like exactly? Oh, it's incredible. It's crazy. They, they have like these little, it's like these little cable car uh, uh, pods. Almost, you know, up here when you're driving past certain places that manage to buy those uh, chairlift uh, or the, oh, right, right. the gondola, yeah, the yeah. little gondolas from Gore Mountain. Yeah. And they, they're, they're, all over, they're all over upstate New York. And it's like a little gondola, and they put five people in, and it goes up the arch. And it pulls up to the top, and then you get out, and you get about 10 minutes at the top. It's crazy. It was really neat. I, I've been to St. Louis a million times and had never done that. Tina well, wanted to do it. You say you're supposed to go from Chicago to L.A., so is the better stuff on the other side of the street? Not necessarily. <laughs> uh, the... It's just that you're, if you're going west to east, you, you have to sort of read the guidebooks backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like Hebrew where, where you're, you know, instead of reading right to left, it's sort of left to right, and you're, you're jumping forward and going this way instead of when down. You had the old AAA triptych. I used to do that. Well, that's what the, the, most, the most useful guide about Route 66 is this easy guide, it's called. And, you know, there's, there's people who have made a business, a career, out of the Route 66 tourism. Uh, so many people at the racetrack already in three days. Um, and since we made this trip, I've had so many, I've had emails and, and comments on social media, people saying that, 
you know, they've always wanted to do it. Um, do it. Um, you know, there, there'll be parts that'll be a little disappointing, but then there'll be parts that you'll be so you'll be like amazed and, and thrilled that you did. It, 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 we still have more to do. We still have to go from now from Flagstaff to San Bernardino. So if you ever plan to motor west, take my uh, advice. That's the highway. That's the best. Very good. Very. Good. I'm not going to sing. Santa Monica. Yes, at the, at the pier. At the pier, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you see the little signs, you know, all over. It's amazing. Chicago. We started. Uh, we we got we swung back and went up after Indiana. We went back to Chicago to get to Chicago. Tina had never been to St. Louis, Indianapolis, or Chicago, so she got she got the major. She loved. I told I've told her for years you're going to love Chicago, and she was blown away. Pizza. We did find there's a newish uh, joint called Roberts, which is down on one of the canals off the river, basically coming off the lake, uh, that uh, had, had, has got a growing reputation. And I, so I, I took her there and uh, took her to Rosebud, Rosebud on Rush, an old uh, standby. Um, we, she, got, she got a lot of uh, the classics. We found a place in, for those of you that are St. Louis have any reason to be in St. Louis. We found a place called Frank Pappas, P-A-P-A, -A, Frank Pappas. Unbelievable. Whatever city it is, oh, you know the best city. place. You don't, to you eat. don't have to worry about me. Uh, <laughs> we, we got to Ted Drew's, the famous uh, frozen custard joint in, uh, of course, upstate New York people don't need uh, pushes on frozen custard, but Ted Drew's, frozen lemonade too. And uh, we, we, we got onion burger, famous onion burgers in El Rosa, Oklahoma, just west of Oklahoma City, there's places that date from the 20s. You know how they've made these smash burgers? Yeah, yeah. They were doing that in the 20s. Uh, El Rosa, Oklahoma, three places, Robert's Grill, which is where we were, uh, Sid's, and Johnny's. And they're still making the same burger. They take thinly sliced onions, pile them on the burger, smash it all down, incorporate the onion in the burger, Two patties, ideally, is perfect. It was a good trip. Very good. Trust me. A couple weeks uh, away, folks are happy you're back on the radio. Nah, I don't know. I, I, oh, I, they, I, are, they, they are. They are. They are. And, They're happy and, when you're back. And, and speaking of that, I was uh, did the radio with you live on the uh, the front side the other day, and you handed me the the promised tie. So I have to. Uh, thank our friend uh, Sally Ellen Hurst from uh, Country Life Farm. Country Life uh, Farm, absolutely. And Sally Ellen, uh, people will recognize it as uh, that's em embrace, embrace the race. race. Yeah, embrace the race uh, thing. But uh, listen, anything that augments your wardrobe, <laughs> the, the public is well served. I thought I looked in the uh, closet today and I was saying the perfect day for the series. I came this close. Came this close, yeah, but nice, I, hot, I, warm. I'm glad I didn't because we would. Yeah, that would be bad. It would be like a scene out of uh, <laughs> out of Oklahoma. Or, or I will say, Sally Ellen, you music you, man. Were, you were holding on to this for me and you gave it to me the other day. But uh, the night before you handed it to me, she sent me a package with some some more ties that she wants me to wear uh, on your behalf on this show. So you're out next week, right? So I'll start in the, the week after. I'll plug a couple of those ties in. Well, then. Does that mean that you're going to go the whole summer? You're going to go 40 days and not wear the same tie twice? Hmm, that may be asking too I, much. I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It may be, not maybe asking too much. 
Uh, let's get into some of the racing. Uh, why don't we take a look at the, the feature yesterday, the, the, the Diana, and, and kind of kick off some some thoughts there. It was a big day, obviously, for Chad Brown, and uh, that included the Diana. We'll take a look at the stretch of re- a run there. Uh, it'll be number six in Italian. Number one, technical analysis second, Bleecker Street third, Rozier fourth. So Chad, 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 Chad in the uh, Superfecta. I said on the handicapper support, you know, he's asked about entering a bunch of his horses against each other. He said, they're all working well. And Mike essentially said his philosophy was kind of, let's let them, you know, decide it on the track. And that's, to him, better than kind of cherry picking and then having some what ifs afterwards. So there's four horses here, one, two, three, four, with in Italian getting done. I saw you after the race and you said you picked up a little bit of in Italian. At eight to one, so a nice price there, Joel Rosario on board. It, it, the eight to one was absolutely crazy. Marcus Hirsch and I discussed this horse at length on Friday at the show because I have Marcus on for his DRF game plan uh, where he picks three stakes every weekend. And I, in fact, on Thursday night, I had said to him, I, you know, I see you like in Italian, I'm all over her. And, you know, people, people say things that are silly. Uh, oh, you know, Chad, the picks and cho- they don't pick and choose. However, you, you can project when it comes to the situation that Chad has to deal with for his owners when he has these multiple horses. A horse like in Italian that has been moving forward is a lot more likely for me, and, and, and especially if they're going to be you know, the second or, or third choice, in this case, the fourth choice. Yeah. When that happens, it, it's, it happened with um, uh, the, the one that with the four names, speak, not speak of the devil, uh, uh, something of the sea. It, you, whenever you see a Chad horse like this that is making progress and is going to have to improve to, to win against a lot of his, you know, potentially a lot of his other horses, that's the one I want. And and that was the thought here. I also like the idea of Rosario being in a position from the outside to evaluate if there was going to be any other pressure, notably from technical analysis, who did figure to be potentially the other speed. In 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 reality, it turned out that he got to keep control and they went in solid splits. I mean, those are those are very respectable splits. Note, however, that that turf course is well baked. Yeah, you're, you're talking yeah. about a fast. I mean, this is a this is a new course record, uh, and, and that I was said, set in serious splits. I liked Rogier and Chad in the winter circle after the race. Said Rogier, just the course the, was too too hard. There you go. That also plays in, especially with the ones you know. He had four that you had a, 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 a Great Bitten bread a. Irish bread, a French bread, and Bleecker Street. It's kind of funny. Uh, so everybody, you know, has a different preference in terms of the footing. So in Italian, figured on a on a firm turf course, she was going to take some catching, and I love the way Rosario took control and never let them, you know, get to her. Essentially, one of my pet peeves when it comes to horses that you pick on the front end. Don't rate on a lead. Let them use their speed, make everybody else chase, and then quicken off the turn and now make them desperate. And don't mute. You hear Andy talk about this all. 
all the time. Yeah, I, don't take away a horse's best tool. I completely appreciate the aggressive ride and go out and yeah, kind of take hold of it and make them come get you. Yeah, no question about it. Why don't we take a break? We'll get back into uh, some a more. Break. Of what we we seem, just started. I, it seems like we just started, but I'm looking at the clock. Uh, quick break. We'll come back in a few and uh, again, kind of take a little overview of the first few days here at the Saratoga Meet. Stay tuned. Loose on the lead is underway. Seth Mayer and Steve Bick. We'll be back in a moment. We're out of control already. Come on. I want sales reports on my desk by Monday. Whoops. My bad. Love racing? RTN brings you every live simulcast on your home television, plus live video streaming and race replays on your PC and mobile devices. To order, visit RTN.tv. RTN, a breed apart. The Clubhouse Racebook is the Capital Region's new home for racing and sports. 25,000 square feet of Vegas-style action with live wagering on the best horse racing from around the world. 260 flat-screen televisions and state-of-the-art wagering terminals. So don't miss out. The fun is only minutes away at 711 Central Avenue, Albany, just off exit 5 of I-90. And don't forget, if you can't make it to the Clubhouse, you can always wager online 24-7 at CapitalOTV.com. I'm Seth Merrill, and as serious horse players, we know that information is critical when placing a bet. With live streaming of more than 30 tracks, race replays, free past performances, and daily picks from professional handicappers, no one gives you more up-to-the-minute information than Capital OTV. Combine that with the best player awards in New York State, and you have everything a serious horse player needs to be successful. Win more with Capital OTV. Winning starts here. Welcome back to Loose on the Lead. Seth Merrill and Steve Bick again kicking off the season. And as I say, you're headed out for Haskell next week, right? Yeah, I, I it won't be as bad as last year where I missed, what, I, I think three well, out of seven? Because the NHC had that funny uh, date last year, too. That's true. Yeah. I, I'm glad you – that's right. That's yeah. true. So we not only did oh, we miss – Go yeah. ahead. Well, I, I, I have he, to meet – yeah. You beat Bick? I'm going to – well, now I have to go back and look. Did I beat Bick? I entered – but tell the contest a little bit because there's a bonus this year. Well, it's actually kind of cool. Um, and you've heard us talk about BeatBick the last three years. This is an NHC qualification. It's a free roll. I mean, you, you don't spend a nickel, uh, although you do have to be a tour member. Now, yeah, yeah. however, however, there's even a, there's even a, a benefit uh, to that with BeatBick. The way this works, these these eight weeks of the summer basically of saratoga and del mar and i'll probably throw in a probably throw in a, a ellis and and whatnot but i pick a horse on saturday and sunday yesterday i picked on diamo Aferenze in the sanford you could come with me you can pick the same horse as me and if if we win you're qualified if you pick a different horse and it wins you're you also are qualified and if you do that and you're not a tour member yet, you can join for $10 instead oh, wow. of 50 This wow. is right up your alley. Wow. I'm already a member. You're already a member. But uh, for those of you that are not tour members for the NHC. Wow. That's a great deal. Yeah, it really is. I mean, take, don't join until you've tried to, you know, to beat me, essentially, and pick a winner. <laughs> Actually, today, I had picked one-timer, not knowing if Larry Ravelli was going to run here 
or in Jersey. And I checked with Ravelli earlier. He is running one-timer. You can scratch one-timer out of the quick call today, but he is keeping no balls here. No balls will run here. One-timer runs at Monmouth. Uh, no balls, I think, is very live. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no very, balls. very low. What's what's his price actually? Uh, Nine to two. He'll be lower than that now with one timer out. Uh, so I had picked one timer, and my alternate happens to be the favorite, Big Invasion. I, I I would love to switch to no balls because that's really Ravelli is as sharp a guy as there is. The the contest runs for eight weeks. You only have to beat me once or come along with me if you agree with my selection. Then on September 17th, which Tina's going to really appreciate, it's our wedding anniversary, and I, I'm going to end up having to follow the 12 races carefully on, on that. It's usually a pretty big Saturday of racing, and we'll have the final then. So you qualify over the next eight weeks, and then you play in the final. Not only do you get the chance at the seat, if you then come to Vegas in March. This is incredible. You have a chance not only to win the 700000 but uh, John Eunuch of Insurance Offices of America, he has put up a million-dollar bonus. If you're the BeatVic representative and you win the NHC, you're going to win $1.7 million. That is crazy. I saw uh -huh. the bonus, and I said, yeah, we've got to, we got to tout it a little bit on the show. So how often does it, do the beat pick opportunities Every Saturday come up? and Sunday. Every Saturday, Every Saturday and Sunday. NTRA.com slash NHC slash beat pick. I, I entered yesterday just by going to Google and typing in uh, uh, NHC beat, beat pick, I think, something. So you can, you can find it pretty easily. But if you... So if somebody beats you once, they're in. You're in. And, okay. and the first year we did it, you could qualify multiple times, but that got to be kind of ridiculous. So now you only have to qualify once, and once you're qualified, you wait for September 17th. Uh, although there are uh, there are points, weekly points. There's a oh, okay. there's a credit. There's horseplayers.com contest credit uh, for the top three finishers during the season, during the beat pick season. Okay. So play along. Because, you know, it's just, it's yeah. fun. It's fun to beat Bick. <laughs> Ask Tina. <laughs> hey, now. But, uh, yeah, when I read that, I thought, oh, wow, a million. Boy, that's uh, It's very that's cool. That John, John Eunuch has, and he does all those, you know, all those crazy guarantees. Like when they put up a bonus, you know, for, uh, uh, you know, like uh, I'm sure Haskell, uh, the bonus is, there was the bonus that was done if the horse that won the Haskell won Derby. In fact, did Authentic, was that Authentic? Did he do that? Who did that? Somebody, whenever there's those crazy Lloyds of London, it used yeah, to be, yeah, yeah. Um, whenever you see those bonuses around horse racing, it's John Eunuch that has put the money. He's the, he's the insurer. Well, I'm in. I'm taking my shot. Well, I would love for you to, to win this because, uh, I mean, you'd, you'd be obliged to give me a, a good portion. <laughs> and, you know, we could do. We, we, you, you would buy a vacation house. In Maine for us. It's... There you go. I like that idea. Uh, let's get back to the racing and just kind of give a little overview of the first few days. A, a, the wait, 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 what about the rest of the snakes? What about I, I was the Sanford? Gonna, well, it was the Sanford, I was going to wait because we got Brad coming over. Um, Brad Cox, you know, we, uh, we're vamping a little bit because Dave O'Rourke was going to join us, and he got called into uh, some kind of a, uh, an emergency session. So 
We're going to wait for, all right, so we'll wait for Brad. That's uh, fine. And we can, we can show the skyline over in one minute, but I just wanted to give a little overview of the first few days. Weather, right. Weather-wise, it's been gorgeous. With that funky shower on day one. That was crazy. That poured uh, before the opener uh, back on Thursday. Um, and then sun came out. It was a gorgeous day, and it's been gorgeous ever since. Um, opening day, 28,000 plus. Friday, 24,000. The announced attendance for yesterday, 30,000. Uh, they've not only been turning out, they have been betting. The handle's been crazy. That The carryover and the, that helped. the money into the that carryover helped. for the pick six has just been nuts. But the pick fives have been getting big pools as well. So people were looking forward to coming back and looking forward to playing so far. Well, there's a lot in the formula that just works. Uh, full fields goes a long way, and you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Keith and 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 Andrew Burns and and Frank Gabriel can you know keep the the pedal down and keep filling these races. But when you've got the two turf courses, uh, you have the opportunity essentially to you know offer an outlandish number of turf races. There is the turf, you know, the one thing that I think got lost a little bit, and even, even for me yesterday, I had forgotten about uh, day uh, two of the $3 turf pick three. And, it, you know, we talked about it with Joe Longo on the radio Friday. The turf pick three, for instance, uh, today you're talking about races five, seven, and eight are the uh, turf pick three today. Uh, it, added you know the added higher increment and uh, earlier this uh, spring at belmont it was the last three turf races it will not necessarily be the last three turf races it'll be the best fields and the most interesting opportunities oh, okay All so right. for today for instance there's the new york bread allowance turf sprint is the fifth the seventh is another state bread uh, going a mile and a 16th long on the turf which i love and in fact my DePaula play of the day is in this race bella principessa 10 to 1 that is a wide open we'll maybe touch on a couple of spots today i think we'll have time i i, I thought bella principessa was was live in here with rosario sticking uh she's been back on the turf 10 to 1 for bella principessa the three in race seven uh and then the stake the quick call those are the three races for the three dollar turf pick three i, I you know the racing I, I saw somebody write something on twitter uh, that was just, I just kind of burst out laughing uh, how much fun it is to come to Saratoga, but the betting product isn't that compelling. What? What? What, 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 what races are you looking at exactly? <laughs> uh, it, the racing has been very compelling. We haven't even really had the kind of two-year-old, uh, uh, you know, maiden action that I think we're going to build up to. Uh, you know, kind of, they kind of, uh, you know, smallish uh, just groups. So far, the first three days, uh, favorites are winning at 25%. So I've, the, that is not an outlandish number by any, you nope. know, you're expecting 33 to be about the norm, and they're below that over the first three days. Well, and, and not only that, when you get horses like you had yesterday from Chad Brown, when you get <laughs> shutters paying $14 and $18 on in Italian, so even, you know, not, not that we need favorites to be successful, but even popular outfits that get bet uh, are, are going to provide opportunity. So, uh, yeah, if you're not finding the racing compelling and the betting opportunities uh, intriguing, then you need a new hobby. Yeah, it's, it's, I, that's a head scratcher, that one. Uh, all right, let's take a look at uh, the opening day, one of the opening day features, the Skylerville 
Saratoga all about the two-year-olds and two-year-old fillies faced off there. Um, I took a little shot with me in my shadow, the Mark Cassie runner coming down from Woodbine, but the surface switch was going to be a question mark. Um, I had a door in the mix, then I had Jess Cindy, but Jess Cindy, wow, she looked good. I thought the Wayne Lucas horse Summer Promise, I thought both of these uh, top two. Uh, Jess Cindy's going to be the number one. Summer Promise, the number nine. Janice Joplin, the number five. But again, I thought the top two uh, will move on nicely and will prove to be a nice little two-year-old fillies as we get into the later portion of the summer. But certainly just Cindy. Career start number two, career win number two for Eddie Keneally, Irad Ortiz on board. And again, it was a nice performance. The chart margin wound up to be just over two lengths. Well, and uh, you know, it was interesting. I, I, I was a little surprised that uh, they didn't look at this a little bit because I, I, didn't Arad uh, kind of bump a little bit with, with Louis Saez there at the eighth pole and, and kind of come together? Uh, but they didn't, uh, they didn't, you know, essentially uh, think it was worth looking at. Uh, part of the story that people were uh, advertising coming into opening day was certainly D. Wayne Lucas back here with a string and uh, after uh, missing a few years and uh, D. Wayne is resurgent yeah. uh, there, there's no doubt about it uh, and and Summer Promise ran great uh, Eddie Keneally is very good uh, with with young horses uh, this from uh, the very productive uh, Clarkland farm and uh, Justify who now has uh, domestic stake winner and has a group winner abroad uh, justify off to a tremendous start he coming in even to the meet four for ten with his first time starters so uh, you know there's been a lot of conversation about bolt doro and rightly so uh, and and he certainly had his 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 products uh, in these first two two-year-old stakes also uh, kind of under the radar to some extent uh, the uh, sharp azteca story Sharp Azteca is the leading two-year-old uh, crop, first crop stallion with nine winners. It might even been a tenth uh, Thursday or Friday. So Sharp Azteca's babies have come out running. And uh, then, of course, the Gervin story, uh, starting with Damon's Mound, who's pointing for the Saratoga Special. Uh, I'll see Damon's Mound down at Colonial next week on Monday, uh, uh, give or take. And uh, Michelle Lovell. Uh, who is absolutely loaded. Michelle's got her two big turf sprinters uh, running on Monday at Colonial as well. So uh, Gervin, Sharp Azteca, Justify, Bolt Doro, your uh, leading two-year-old sire. We, we were also talking a, a little bit about uh, the horse in the first, and the handicappers report earlier about the horse in the first race by Army Mule, and we were kind of... Well, that's my man. Up, that's and Army Mule is... Army. is Going very well with his firsters uh, as well. Army Mule, a tremendous uh, bargain sire out of Hillendale, and um, you can expect his uh, horses to be precocious and, and uh, ready early. Uh, and that's right, these are state breads this morning. I, I'm only half done, actually, uh, after the show. Uh, I'll finish my write-up for Sunday. I concentrated on the second half of the card, you know, just in case yesterday's pick six carryover went a third day and frankly it wouldn't have taken all that much really for it i mean three hundred thousand dollar two hundred ninety nine thousand and change uh for those must have been i think what nine five double digits and, and a nine dollar horse well and but i mean nine uh, winners eight or nine winners i think uh there had to be we were speculating this morning like seven or eight but yeah right in that vicinity i would think right but yeah it's it, just under three hundred thousand yeah um yeah so uh, I was kind of wondering if maybe there'd be, uh, you know, the potential. So I'll get uh, the rest of that work done. 
Wanted to go back also watch uh, a replay from opening day because uh, the Wilton Stakes was the first race yeah, uh, over the, the new uh, Wilson yep. shoot. And I think shoot. we have it coming right out of the shoot. And it will be Cherie DeVoe's horse, uh, Tarabi, looking pretty good. Uh, gets it done by three-quarters of the length uh, as the six-to-five favorite. But you can see him here coming out of that for the very first time. Um, getting it done. They're still, I guess, trying to sort out what the maximum field size is going to be. I would guess somewhere between 8 and 10, but the jockeys are kind of talking that over a little bit. But I think there was a little buzz. I said uh, going into this, uh, if you're coming to the track, there'll be a little buzz in the facility as we lead into this race, the first time coming out of the shoot. And I think just walking around the area I was, there was a little bit of a buzz. Uh, people were looking forward to it. It's going to be fun to watch the first half dozen or so of these and see if there's some kind of handicapping angle we want to leap onto as far as pace or whatnot. But I think uh, race number one out of the shoot went very well with Tarabi getting it done in the Wilton on Thursday. Well, congratulations to Cherie. And Tarabi was a horse that flashed the talent as a two-year-old. Uh, took a little bit to kind of get her going this, uh, this year as a three-year-old. First samurai daughter from Hinkle Farm. And, uh, I, you know, I think in terms of the way this is going to play, I, you know, I think tactical speed, uh, there's nothing magical yeah. really about, uh, you know, speculating on what to expect. You know, I, you watch the way, and, and she was the six to five favorite, so it's not like. Uh, I like know. Goddess of Fire. Goddess of Fire is going to be the number one horse here. Makes a nice little late run for uh, Todd Fletcher coming out of the, the Kentucky Oaks. Well, and she was also having to come out of, of the one hole. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest, the biggest concern about this is the potential that the inside is going to be a little tricky uh, for horses. They've got that uh, temporary rail that they, they basically use as an extension, uh, kind of an extension blinker for the horses to get them from you know, uh, turning left into the main part of the track. Uh, the Goddess of Fire does get up uh, for, for second here uh, as the second choice at three to one. And, you know, she's, she's an off the pace type herself. So, uh, there was, I don't think there was any harm in being in the one hole. Uh, it wasn't like she was, you know, crowded. Uh, but uh, this was, this was, uh, went well. Um, Javier Castellano, I thought, was part of the opening day story with the three yeah, absolutely. wins. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, somebody said to me uh, yesterday, they said, oh, I, uh, I'm so glad to see, uh, 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 or I wish, what did he say? I wish Javier Castellano w was riding today. I think he's semi-retired. He said, semi, what are you talking about, semi-retired? He's not semi-retired. <laughs> Stop. He, uh, in fact, if anything, uh, Javier's riding as good as he has in a long time. And uh, it just feels like, you know, it feels like uh, he's getting live mounts again and riding with uh, vigor. Three wins to start the day. I, opening day was... Opening day was everything you'd want. Uh, main track played, I thought, very fair. Uh, and that even, that even was true in the opener, Seth. When that rain came through and you, you saw that the main track had moisture, real moisture for the opener, nine furlongs here traditionally has been a front end play. And I thought, ugh, we're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get wired job here and, you know, it, and in fact, he ended up with horses of every running style getting involved and having uh, you know, a good headlong finish with three, four horses. So I, main track seems to be playing very fair. Uh, I, I would keep an eye, you know, as this good weather continues, I keep an eye on, on you know, how uh, much the turf courses are giving it up for speed. I mean, that, that is a legitimate concern. We did have, 
Well, you had Kinesi, was it Kinesi uh, wire in the uh, in opening day, um, but you had you know you had plenty of horses stalk and pounce. Uh, three excellent, excellent days when it comes to that. We haven't had to. I don't think anybody has thrown the word uh, unfair track or bias uh, out there these first 72 hours. No, I mentioned uh, early in the week it used to be back in the day uh, the two-turn races you would you would latch on to speed and then there would be that rainstorm that would come about a week or 10 days into the meet and then you could kind of change your handicapping a little bit but the track is composed a little bit differently now so it's not as pronounced as it used to be. I just wanted to go back to the Coronation Cup uh, as well going back to Thursday um, because I uh, scratched it when Twilight Gleaming scratched out I scratched into Empress Tigress and uh, we'll watch the uh, uh, I'm not sure if I called for the stretch run of that, but um, Empress Tigress got it done in the Coronation Cup. At a uh, nice 72 price, got $9 and change, and I said when I was handicapping there, it's an Augustan stable uh, runner, second career start, and I said I'd like the Augustan runners up here at Saratoga for many years, primarily with Jonathan Shepard, but Jonathan Thomas has picked up the mantle successfully, and so I got an Augustan runner at a little bit of a price on the second day of the meet. And if uh, did Jonathan, and, and if I'm not mistaken, Jonathan, they both spell their name without an H, you right? Yep. They're both J-O-N, uh, A-T-H-O-N. Yep. yep. There you go. So it hasn't been much of a... Yeah, no, it's a semi-transition. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. You mentioned uh, Empress Tigress. There's been a few winners these first few days. And, you know, we handicapped uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on the radio and so we discussed a lot of the races there's been a few winners including empress tigress and there was there was a couple of others that that kinesi seven to two empress tigress uh there's been a few horses that have been i don't want to call them universal good things but horses that you you know, there had been plenty of, of discussion and, and plenty of leans, and they've, they've delivered. One thing, I'll give you one interesting aside, and it's strictly circumstantial. It's not trend uh, per se. These first three days, there have been horses in the nightcap, which have been, you know, uh, claimer, non-winner type races, and we had uh, the second level uh, New York Bread Allowance uh, as the Friday. There's been horses that have looked like beach balls, like if they ran their race, they're not losing. And in each case, they've been beaten, and uh, a good prices have, have won. Yesterday, you also had a situation that is a classic and a, and a invaluable teaching moment, the AE. The AE. And it was too late, personally, for me yesterday to go back and, and make changes. But when that Joe Sharp horse drew in to the nightcap, and I wanted to be narrow in the nightcap, I mean, if my, I mean, I, my ticket was blown out right away uh, with uh, uh, Flamingo Hawk winning the first leg. When, when that horse won the nightcap, um, at, at a nice price, right? Uh, 11 to 1? 10 to 1? $23, yeah. $23. Uh, it, it, 
I just I shook my head and uh, I was actually Chuck Simon and I had headed out for for dinner after the uh, Sanford, so we didn't see the race live. But when I went and, and pulled it up, I, I just I, I I absolutely said to myself, every you have to go back, and and even if when you handicapped you didn't think much of an AE, you got to go back and and look again and. and you know, there's also the occasion a lot of times on the pages on the program where that AE or the AEs and the MTOs will be on the next page. And that is always worth reiterating because a lot of times what we're doing here, we're preaching to a newer fan and it's worth keeping that in mind. It's worth keeping in mind the MTOs when they move to the main track. Don't ignore those horses. They can get away to price as well. Well, nobody. Andy Serling is the is the absolute king of picking the horses that are being improperly bet off the turf races, and Seth is the king of the MTO. I don't know how many times you've cashed MTO exactas. Just blindly box the MTOs sometimes, and you wind up with a great price. Well, because uh, you know the, 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 these trainers, they're they're kind of they're kind of smart. The, the, <laughs> these guys, and when they enter a horse MTO, it, it's with with a certain intent. But anyway. Uh, if you went back and looked this morning uh, at, at, that, at that winner uh, for, for Joe Sharp, if you didn't get a chance, looking to fly, uh, looking to fly was absolutely logical uh, and, and, and had a real opportunity in that nightcap. And uh, you, have to, yeah, you have to reevaluate, you know, the pace will change. You, you, you can get horses that come out that are going to affect the pace. Uh, and so maybe the closer that you liked in your first pass now is not going to necessarily get the same setup. There may be a horse that was going to, you know, sit behind the pace that may inherit the lead. You have to basically clean the slate, go back after scratches, and, and make sure you look again. Very good. Let's take another break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll check in and see if uh, Brad Cox is on his way. If not, maybe we'll do a little handicapping when we come Sounds back. Good. Stay tuned. Loose on the lead continues. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Having trouble finding us? It's actually quite simple. Whether online or on your TV, it's never been easier to watch and wager on championship horse racing with Capital OTB. Simply log on to CapitalOTBBet.com. There you can watch our morning shows, live stream races, and wager on our state-of-the-art wagering platform. You can also watch from the comfort of your home on Spectrum Cable Channel 1250 or Fios Channel 467. And win more with Capital OTB.
Welcome back to Loose on the Lead. Seth Merrill and Steve Bick here kicking things off on this opening week Sunday, wrapping up the week. Uh, and again, I'll, I will tout, we talked about the Beat the Bick contest. I'll also tout the Low Rollers comes back. Um, I'm going to jump over and have a little of course low, you are. low Rollers fun. You're the you go king over of the Low Rollers. By the uh, four-star Dave Barr. Um, you give them $40. They keep 10 for the prize pool. You get a $30 betting card. You have to make five $2 win place and show bets during the day. You keep all the money that's on your card. But if you're the leader, you get the, the top prize, and they pay down to seven or eight, depending on how many people in the contest. It's a lot of fun. I've told people over the years to try People who are reluctant. I'm not really a contest. And then when they jump in, boom, they're all thumbs up and they're they're on it. It's a lot of fun. You have to think a little differently, find some some value. So I think it helps your handicapping. Well, and it's an, it's an easy, painless way to wade into Absolutely. contest play. And, uh, you know, in addition, two, two days a week, Thursday and Sunday. Thursday and Sunday. Yeah. Thursday and Sunday, the low rollers. Saturday, you have the $300 contest, Naira bets, and, and on site. $300, $200 bankroll, 100 goes to the prize pool, and I haven't looked yet to see who won yesterday. Uh, I do want to slip in a handicapping uh, idea suggestion. It's very funny. I, I ran into Eddie Barker. Uh, and Eddie, like me, is a Thurgraph user. Uh, Thurgraph, one of our longtime uh, advertisers on the show and, and a longtime uh, supporter of, of At the Races. Uh, the, the horse yesterday of, of Chad's, Shudders, that won that fifth race allowance. We, when we were in here doing the handicapper support yesterday, I put the horse on top, and Anthony Morino said, I'll be saliv salivating at five to one. And I said, six to one, even better. Six to one was even better. And. There, there's, I showed Eddie something on, on Thurgraph, and I probably should have sent this picture in so uh, you all could uh, look at it yourselves. But if, you're, if you happen to be a Thurgraph user, and, and it doesn't, and even if you're not, it, it, this, can, this can just be, a, a, again, a helpful kind of an earworm suggestion. Here's a horse that was making his four-year-old debut. And th this is a concept for me, Seth, that is, is true of any horse making a, a seasonal debut at age three, four, or five, pretty much, until maturity. Horses reach maturity at age five. This was an absolute classic case where a horse left the scene as, in this case, a three-year-old, made two starts at three at Saratoga, and then broke the maiden at Belmont, the New York Breds, uh, long on the turf, my, my longtime favorite betting opportunity, uh, not just here, but uh, at, at Aqueduct and Belmont, too. But people see certain figures, if, you, if you're a, a speed handicapper in particular, and you're using performance figures, Thurgraph, uh, Ragazin, uh, Briz, Bayer, uh, Timeform, whatever. You see a horse that left at a certain level. October is far in the rearview mirror now. I mean, you're talking about a horse that's been gone eight, nine months. He is not coming back at the same level. People say, well, he might need one off the break. Even if he needs one off the break, he is a better horse now, especially if he's coming back in the barn of someone like Chad Brown. He's a better horse now than when you saw him as a three-year-old. So even if he's giving up experience and giving up recency to these other horses, 
If you project the natural development from two to three, from three to four, from four to five, you can put a horse like this in your, in your number or you can key off. I put shutters on top for just that reason and I'm mentioning the uh, thoroughgraph index that basically measures uh, the progeny of a stallion. In this case, we're talking about Get Stormy, the Crestwood value stallion. The index, the average that Get Stormy progeny run on thoroughgraph as two-year-olds is a 23. As three-year-olds, an 18 and a half. And as a four-year-old, a 15 and a half. And as a mature horse, 13 and a half. And those are basically lengths. Each point represents a length in the thoroughgraph scale. So in this case, you could project four and a half points or four and a half lengths worth of improvement as a four-year-old shutters versus a three-year-old shutters. And so to get six to one on a horse like this is a rare opportunity. There's, it's so tough these days to, get, you know, to find any edge. And, I, and I'll, I'll add one other thing. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back and look at the DRF Clocker report. I think shutters had a big note. I think had a big workout note on top of that. So it, you know, little, the littlest things. That's an angle I talk about quite a bit. A, a lightly raced two-year-old who's had some time off now comes back as a three-year-old, or even a lightly raced four-year-old who hasn't been seen since a, you know, a three-year-old season. You get that six months off, they can come back and often do come back improved, and yet that gives you something that's not necessarily on the page that can lead into some odds that the payoff. Exactly. I mean, it's also, you know, that's a, I, you made me think of Steve Davidowitz, the late Steve Davidowitz in, in betting thoroughbreds. Steve has a, a, a somewhat similar or a, a corollary in terms of triple crown season horses that then get some time off between, let's say, uh, April or May and, and then coming back, let's say, in the summer uh, and, and maybe in the regional derbies and so forth. Uh, we saw this actually uh, in Indiana uh, with a horse like Actuator. Davidowitz went back and found all kinds of evidence how overbet the familiar Triple Crown season runners are. The ones that, the ones yeah, that yeah. ran uh, you know, at fairgrounds in the Risen Star, the Louisiana Derby, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness. Uh, horses that ran anywhere regionally in those races and developed a following and an expectation. Then everybody shrugs off the Derby result, especially this year, and then those horses get bet. And th th that's a similar scenario. There's horses like last week with Actuator, uh, the Michael McCarthy winner of the Indiana Derby that, you know, is, is a horse that was not ready for the Triple Crown season and then, you know, is, is ready to flex the muscles uh, against that kind of competition. And we'll see that here. We'll see what happens next week in the Haskell where uh, I mean, it's boiling down to a, a really good scenario with Jack Christopher, uh, Taba, Cyberknife, uh, it's very interesting what Second we're going to see three -year season is going to be a lot of fun because it, nothing came out of the first half to find. But I thought Charge It looked good, really good. Um, Charge It, that, that was a scary. Uh, yeah, so I, I, the second half of the season with Haskell, Jim Dandy, Travers, and then uh, Pennsylvania Derby. Yeah. Let's, uh, Brad, uh, 
Brad said he's headed our way, so he'll be here uh, momentarily, I think. But before we do that, maybe a quick look at that seventh race where you had your play of the day, because my dark horse play of the day was in there as well. I'm taking a little pop. I, I didn't. I have the horse down in the fourth spot, but a 12 to one Lady Thornhill uh, off a seasonal debut that I think was a tough. Uh, it came back, broke the maiden at the end of last year, then waited for the turf season, and came back in an allowance race and, and tossed in a little bit of a dud, but showed some uh, pace early. But that's a tough move, made special way to allowance to begin with. So off the layup, I think she's Jose Ortiz jumping back on board. I think at 12 to 1, she's very playable. And now, you know, with your play of the day being a 10, 10 to 1, I'll have that one in my exact mix as well. Well, there there is countless opportunity in here. Um, and really, uh, any superfecta combination will not be a surprise. Uh, Joe Sharp uh, on the rail with I'm fine. Uh, just okay is not okay. Here's another case we just talked about. Just okay is not okay. Horacio De Paz, who is absolutely an assassin. I, I, I mean, a guy that is deadly. He has taken over this Barry Schwartz homebred uh, from Pletcher, last seen at Belmont in September. So here's a horse again that has been away essentially for nine months. And let's hear, let's take a look at English Channel uh, and let's see what his progeny, how they develop from three to four. Average is 14 and a half on Thurograph, 11 and three quarters as a four-year-old. So you could project three points of improvement. Just okay is not okay. She set her career best uh, with an 11 and three quarters in that maiden breaker, which came at Belmont last June. You essentially, you know, you basically acknowledge that a horse's best is, is an established, that's why they call it, you know, the, the top. Um, if she improves off that top three points, uh, she's not just yeah, yeah. as good as anybody, she can win this. Uh, and you're looking at six to one on her. Uh, Bella Princessa, uh, I've already made the case for her from Bobby Claceris. This is uh, that, this is that one that uh, Charlie Baker bred. Uh, that's out of that mare oh, that right, he's got. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, there, there's one after another. Clement has got Eugenia, who is probably going to go favored. You mentioned Lady Thornhill. Uh, Chad brings back a second off the layoff. Russia, Russia, Russia. Uh, Master of the Tunes yeah, is a is a mare that I bet down at Belmont and kind of disappointed me. Uh, going back to that uh, stretch out to the mile and an eighth. So there's a lot going on in this group, as there always is. I, I've made this. You've heard me make this point for years. Long on the grass, New York bred, male or female, maiden special through any other division. They are so closely bunched. The, the, the 12 and 15 to ones are only a, a length or two away from the favorites. So never be afraid to take a price in these spots. That was your play of the day score angle last year. You hit on a, a It'll a be number. repeatedly. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to that, uh, you know, one after the other. I'd Listen, the horse I, that ran the other day, um, I made the opening day play of the day. Uh, I did not expect, I did not expect uh, that one to go to the lead. That surprised me. And I, uh, she got swallowed up. All right, we see him out in the green room, as it were. Brad Cox is here, so we'll go a little over. We'll pull Brad in and 
Uh, talk a little about his win yesterday, some of the horses he has coming up. So stay tuned. Plenty of action still to go on. Loose bonus, on LA. bonus coverage. LA, bonus coverage. Stay with us. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Having trouble finding us? It's actually quite simple. Whether online or on your TV, it's never been easier to watch and wager on championship horse racing with Capital OTB. Simply log on to CapitalOTBBet.com. There you can watch our morning shows, live stream races, and wager on our state-of-the-art wagering platform. You can also watch from the comfort of your home on Spectrum Cable Channel 1250 or Fios Channel 467. And win more with Capital OTB. Welcome back to Loose on the Lead. As promised before the break, we are joined now by trainer Brad Cox. Nice win uh, yesterday in the Sanford. We'll talk about that and much, much more. Brad, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, happy to have you on. And why don't we get right into it? Why don't we take a look at the, uh, the nice win yesterday? We're going to look at most strike getting it done in yesterday's Sanford. Most strike will be the number six horse here. Uh, number three, great navigator runs second in Indiamo. Uh, Aferenzi runs third, but the uh, chart margin winds up to be over three lengths at eight to one. Florent Giroux on board. This was a very nice performance. Second career start, um, won the debut down at Churchill. What were your thoughts coming out of the Churchill victory, and was the game plan to come here out of that victory? And then what were your thoughts on yesterday's race? Well, um, you know, you ran big first time out. Very proud of the effort. And, uh, you know, we circled this race. We obviously... When the CI came out of the Churchill effort, and uh, he, great, he, he came out of it great. He had a, a nice, easy half mile by himself a couple weeks after the um, the race there, and then followed it up last week with a really good move there at Churchill. We was really happy with what we saw and thought, you know, this is the right move. Uh, actually, I wanted to keep him at home there at Churchill and make sure uh, we felt like we had him exactly where we wanted him in order to ship him up here and take a chance. And yeah, he had to work uh, on the ninth down yep, there at Churchill. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was a good move, really good move. Uh, and Ocala Purchase, were you a part of the – 
purchase team? No, actually, I was not. Um, the, the horse was bought um, after he was purchased. Um, I was uh, had a telephone call about a cell phone call about taking him, and uh, yeah, I mean it worked out. <laughs> First horse I believe the owners had here in the U.S. Oh really? Uh, oh wow! Yeah, so it, it's um, he's got off to a good start, and uh, I think he had some horses obviously in Saudi Arabia, and um, you know. I've, so once again, he's off to a good start here in America, and you know I'm hopefully sure he'll be active at the sales moving forward. How did he come out of it? Really good. He actually looked fantastic this morning. Um, you know, he's a very intelligent horse. I've said that a couple different times, and you know he, he's got he has a good mind. Uh, Florent really likes him. He's worked him several times there over the morning. But you know, once again, he's a horse that we started at Keeneland. He gives the confidence, transferred him over to Churchill, and and uh, he's done everything we've asked of him. And and you know, once again, good mind. Uh, physically, he he's held up and. Um, you know, excited about his future. Hopefully, uh, I think the the, real, the the smart thing with him moving forward would probably be look at the hopeful and uh, just uh, you know leave him up here all sum summer. Let him enjoy the weather and let him settle in, continue to settle in, and uh, you know take a big swing in a Grade One at the end of the meet. Very good. Uh, always like to ask you say let him stay up here during the summer. Always like to ask how the horses appreciate being mm -hmm. at Saratoga because the people appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt about it. This is this place is it's it's magic. I yeah. mean, I I found that out last year with with obviously bought a brought a very good group of horses but there there's no place that appreciates racing like saratoga i mean it's it's if if you question if you think there's a better place come to the races one day i mean it doesn't matter if it's a wednesday or a saturday it's it's just there's nothing like it i always say and i've said it probably a dozen times already here this year the track is great and that's what we're all here for but what makes saratoga so special is outside the fences because you're downtown people are talking about the exacta they played today and the double they're playing that's tomorrow it. everybody's totally into it yeah that's it it's uh, just a, it's a it's, it's it's racing uh from downtown to the racetrack yeah. bottom line no question about it steve there's a few things about this uh, horse and about uh, this group. First of all, 85 buyer. If you hadn't seen the thing. Oh, there we go. I did. <laughs> you did. 85. I, sometimes I send them to you. And uh, nice, you know, uh, that's a very good natural next mm -hmm. step. The dam jumped off the page at me. I did, I did not actually take any part of most strike yesterday, but certainly that dam who Todd Pletcher trained uh, and her arguably her best career performance came on this racetrack winning the weekend surprise mm -hmm. going back and uh, that that did register with me when I saw feather bed uh, but a uh, great way to start the meet and to be honest uh, this kind of uh, win takes a little bit of the sting out of uh, set pieces just maniacally difficult trip uh, the day before yeah no doubt about it it does it's kind of the way it balances itself out in racing there's Times it works out, times it doesn't, and uh, you know, obviously set piece. It was a little tough watching the race. Listen, um, I, I I knew uh, bringing him up here, running him a mile on the turf, it would be a little tough to get him up. It's you know, it, the inner turf, it's it's you know, tight turns, uh, speed does well, and uh, you know, just with his running style, you can't change anything. You just got to let him do his thing, and yeah. it just didn't work out. I felt like he would have been right there with a clean trip, and uh, you know, he's another one that will uh, you know let him. You know, enjoy the summer here at Saratoga and look at either the Four Star Dave or the Bernard Baruch or something along those lines, and um, you know, go from there. If we obviously, if we come back in the the Four Star Dave, we're gonna, you know, we could very very easily end up maybe with um, you know some traffic trouble again if it's a big field. If it's not, maybe we look at the Four Star Dave. If not, maybe turn our attention toward the Bernard Baruch at the end of the meet. You talking about set piece uh, and the forbidden apple uh, from Friday. It makes me uh, want to bring up 
the uh, odd uh, August uh, turf uh, stake card uh, at Churchill. Uh, what is your thoughts on what went on there, the end of the meet with the turf course, and, and how it's going to resolve itself? Well, I think Churchill made the right decision. They they allowed some horses to go out and train on it there. Uh, we, we were obviously very disappointed. That's what originally where we were pointing set piece for was the wise Danny. He'd won it the year before. We thought it was a race that set up well with trying to come back in the, the four-star Dave. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for him, but it balanced itself out throughout the, the month of, of June with the races being taken off. It allowed us to run some more horses that we felt needed to run on the dirt. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, once again, I think it was the right decision. They allowed some horses to train. It didn't hold up the way they wanted, um, so it wasn't going to hold up to racing. Uh, moving forward, uh, I saw it last week. It looked like it was definitely turning the right color, green. Um, really? The, yeah. The, not, the, the golden, the golden yeah. yellow, like like Seth's tie. Yeah. Not, yeah. That, that's not yeah, what we wanted. It's, it's not. A, it's definitely going the right way in regards to color. But you know, hopefully they can get it squared away, and we'll have a good card on August 13th. Looking forward to hopefully, um, you know, participating in some of those races and we'll have a good turf course to run on. Do you have, you, are you pointing some, anybody for, um, for that set? You know, th there's a possibility we could have a three-year-old Philly Turner loose. We may put her back on the turf. That's a possibility. But honestly, right now we're a little light in the turf department, set piece, Arklow. Um, we have a couple others, but but pretty light in the turf division right now. Arklow's what, 14 now? Yeah, oh my yeah. God, what is uh, Well, I'll Arclo. tell you what, he looked, he looked great out on the turf course. That's one reason why I'm late getting over here. I watched him breeze on the turf. Nice. He went great. He was 101-3 and three this morning. Um, he physically looks amazing. Um, and he runs well off layoffs. We're pointing for the Bowling Green here. It's, we're trying to get a run into him before Kentucky Downs. Yep. Uh, so um, he does run well off layoffs. He ran extremely well a couple years back in the, the – the, um, Man of War at Belmont, nearly won it, and uh, he won the little handicap last year off the layoff. So uh, he's a horse that, you know, he's, he's a big, heavy horse, but he does run well off layoffs. Turner Loose, of course, uh, the uh, Thrashes uh, shocking uh, winner at mm -hmm. uh, Fairgrounds. Uh, that was in the Rachel. That was uh, that was something. Everybody was a little bewildered. I, I, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was the, I forgot the price now. Yeah, I did too. I, I wouldn't have if I had a bet on her, but I didn't bet on her. <laughs> so that's the way it goes. But she's, she she did show up and run big that day, and she actually ran a pretty good race in the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah. Gave her just a little freshening afterwards. Kept her, kept her in the barn, but freshened her up a little bit, and she's responded well. Why, out of curiosity, why the consideration of, of the grass at, at this point? I forget her breeding. She's a Nyquist, but she won at Kentucky Downs uh, last year. She broke her maiden on the turf at Ellis, and then okay. she won a half million dollar race at Kentucky I Downs. And then we, she was favored in the um, the Jessamine, I believe. Okay. Um, and she was, I think, third, beaten a short short ways, and then um, we Breeders' Cup and didn't work out. Was the Rachel was the first dirt race? It was the first dirt. Yes. Yes. So we we did, and then she ran she ran okay in the the, the Fairgrounds Oaks, and then we. Uh, obviously, went on to the Kentucky Oaks. Well, and that also that race also featured the crazy Equineco Zulu, right? Yep. That pulled up, and, yep. and it yep. was a, they, there was a lot going on. But I tell you what, she was winning that race with or without Echo Zulu. Yeah, yeah, no, she 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 ran she ran well that day. Let's let's touch on some horses that have been winners for you recently, and uh, maybe they had Saratoga potential. I go back uh, last week to the 
Indiana Oaks Interstate Daydream. We're going to take a look at the replay there. It's going to be the number uh, five horse getting it done. This was a nice win for her coming out of that win previously at uh, Pimlico. Went off at a short price here. Uh, what were your thoughts on this race and what might be the game plan going forward for Interstate Daydream? Um, a big round. She responded well. At top of the lane, I thought we were... Um, you were in a fight. Yeah, yeah. We, we were. I mean, to be as short of a price as she was. But, you know, you can see she really responded when Florent um, asked her, and she ended up winning, you know, off by two or three links and uh, galloped out well and bounced out of it in good order. Um, she's a filly. You know, she's not a real, real big filly, so she's she's one that we, we like to give a little bit of time between races. Um, you know, six, seven weeks is always ideal. We may look at trying to get her to the Cantillion. I don't know exactly how we get there, but I think that might be a, uh, um, you know, a, a realistic spot, shot, or opportunity at a grade one for. So you say how you get, you think there's something in between? It's possible. Um, we'll just watch her and kind of tell, let her tell us if, you know, she, she needs a race between now and then. But she, she trains well enough. She breezes well enough to, to feel comf comfortable running her, you know, you know, seven, eight weeks in between. A little bit older uh, on the female side. She dares the devil, winning the Fleur de Lis back on uh, July 2nd uh, down at Churchill, and that was uh, a victory. Uh, Pauline's Pearl ran third in there as the favorite at 7-5. to five. You guys were also 7-5, to five, but uh, on the, the money bet, uh, Pauline's Pearl slightly favored. But she dares the devil, uh, really talented uh, runner, as I say, getting it done in the Fleur de Lis. Again, your impressions here. What are we looking for yeah, going forward? Big run. This is our third run off the layoff. Or, yeah, third run this year, and it was off the layoff. Um, it, it, was, it was a nice race. I was glad to see her get back in the win column. Um, she'd run two really good races this year, um, third in the Azari and then second in the um, La Troyenne. Uh, so it, it, it was a big win. We, we were going to look at the um, Clement L. Hurst. She won that last year at Del Mar. Oh, okay. that, that's, a, that's an option. We're, we're preparing for that right now. Um, and plan, plan B would be bring her here for the um, personal incident. But right now it looks like we're going to head to Del Mar with her. She likes it out there. Uh, you know, we need a race between... You know, we actually need two races to get to the Breeders' Cup, and, and I think this makes the most sense right now. Uh, I got a couple of three-year-olds uh, to look at, too. The Ohio Derby and Tawny mm -hmm. Port. Tawny Port will be the number seven, and we'll go back and we'll look at the Matt Wynn as well. Number six, Cyberknife uh, gets it done. So talk a little bit about the three-year-old performances, Tawny Port, Cyberknife, and again, what's, uh, what's up for them. In a three-year-old division that I've been saying for a few weeks now, was undefined in the first part mm -hmm. of the season. I think things are going to really get exciting here as we get into the uh, middle and later portion of the summer. But this is Tawny Port uh, in the Ohio Derby. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the group's really starting to um, take shape and, and good horses are starting to really come out of it. I think this horse is going to, I'm hopefully it'll be in the mix. He, he breezed here this morning with Irad, uh, breezed extremely well. We're pointing him for the Jim Dandy. He's, um, it's almost like he has a new lease on life since the Kentucky Derby. We did an awful lot with this horse this spring, too. We asked him to run a turf way. That's right. Followed it up back in 14 days, I think, um, in the Lexington, three weeks, Kentucky that Derby. That was point. You were chasing points for still, right? We were, but, yeah. you know, at that point I was talking to John Ford about it, and let's, I, I give him all the credit for running the Lexington because I told him, I said, you're going to get in. I just, I've seen this happen several yeah, times. Yeah. You know, horses go by the wayside, but uh, you'll get in. He said, now nah, let's run, let's run. I said, well, he's doing good. I, I don't mind running him, and, and, and we did. It worked out. It followed it up with a big run in the Derby, and, uh, you know, then we, we, we took a deep breath. Believe me, the way I, I was tempted to maybe want to try the Belmont with him, but I thought, you know, I've done a lot with him. 
let's just back up, wait a couple more weeks and go to the Ohio Derby, and hopefully it'll pay off in the long run. And I think it is because the horse uh, since then has done really well. He breezed on the Oklahoma training track last week, really, really good move, and followed it up on the main track this morning with a with a huge move. So uh, I think he's he's set up for a big run here. Uh, and I think the Jim Dandy is going to be a really good race, and I think, I think he's going to be in the mix. I really do believe that. And Steve, of course, buddies with the uh, owner of Cyberknife. Why don't we take a look at that We're one as well? We're gold, uh, and uh, he's trying to make uh, this Haskell on Saturday. And if, what it would mean to Al, I, I don't. I, not that a Derby win wouldn't have been great, but uh, mm-hmm. Al winning the Haskell uh, would be, I mean, very similar to what uh, the Rapoli storyline was mm-hmm. regarding the yeah, Belmont. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, Al grew up in, at Monmouth, and and it would mean the world to him. Yeah, no, he's a good colt. He's doing extremely well. Um, he's another one that came out of the Derby and actually moved forward, it seems like. Uh, he and Tony Port both, um, you know, were able to pick off victories after the Kentucky Derby. It didn't take too much out of him. He was part of a hot pace. I think Florent kind of wrapping up on him late in the Kentucky Derby when he wasn't going to get a placing kind of helped, um, you know, save him. I mean, you know, it, it worked out well. So he responded well there in the Matt win. He was able to, you know, uh, Come on, on 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 the right end of a photo, and I thought battled with a really good horse and a horse that obviously loves Churchill and Howling Time. I believe he's coming back as well in the Haskell. Uh, but Cy- Cyberknife's doing well. We're going to ship him from Churchill. He had a big move yesterday morning, cooled out great, and uh, he's going to move midweek. He's going to ship to the ha- to Monmouth for the Haskell. I, I want to ask you uh, the horse that won the Pegasus. Uh, Homebrew. Homebrew. A uh, West Virginia Derby is what ah, we're. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I, th- right. I think it makes the most sense with yeah, his figures and how, how he's, you know, he, he's a nice horse, and I think you know what time will do him some good between races, and and he's he's a horse that's getting better better as he goes. All right, well, because you know, I hope you check with Steve Asmussen because he's generally he wins that every year. So, <laughs> it, 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 you know, with, with some horse off the deep bench. Yeah, we've we've struggled. We've not we, we've. Second, third, a couple times in West Virginia, but well, it's a funky winners. place. I mean, yeah. it's it's not a track that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Charleston too. They're yeah. they're just not they're not for every, every the horses get some horses get there and and, right. and love it. Uh, it's like running at Delta mm-hmm. uh, on that on that sand Boring. course. Yeah. One horse that we got to bring up that hasn't won but is may end up by the end of next by the end of this year or early next year as your best class of twenty two horse, best actor. Uh, what uh, what's next? Um, you know we haven't we haven't zeroed in on anything. Um, he he's a horse we may try to take uh, to to Pennsylvania and look at the Smarty Jones with. Um, it's gonna just yeah. kind of ease him uh, exactly. Look more down the yeah he lacks seasoning. Okay, only having three runs. We've thrown a lot at him quick, and he's responded. Yeah, he has. Um, he hasn't switched leads in his last two races. Right. Physically, I mean, he's physically he's fine. He's a sound just, horse. He just, his own. He just, you know, he's a young horse. He's still trying to figure it out mentally. But um, he, he is a good colt. He really is, and I think distance is no issue with him. Thought he ran a really good race. He stumbled. I think the stumble really cost him in Indiana. I think if he gets away cleaner and a little bit, you know, better trip, I, I think he's right there. But, you know, we may have learned more running second the, the other day that's from, what from, from that's off what the pace as opposed to, you know, breaking, being on the lead and just going going the whole way. So I think we found out the other day he is definitely a quality horse. His numbers stack up with some good three-year-olds, and, you know, I think he's got a couple moves forward in him, and if he does, he's going to be a player in the division. we we got to wrap up, but I want to take, get in one more horse, Matt Araya, winning the uh, Acorn uh, a few weeks back. Uh, what's what's up for she, you know? she She's doing well. We're pointing for the test. She had a move okay. this morning early. It was a little slow by herself. Um, it, 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 it was fine. Uh, it was, like, 
five eighths and 103, but she'll, she'll be in company next week, two weeks out. We'll do a little more with her. She looks amazing. She's really come out of the acorn in good order. Excited about giving her an opportunity. The cutback from one mile to seven eighths, I think, will be right what she wants. What, what she wants to do, I think, it's the perfect distance for her. And and she physically looks amazing right now. So I think we're set up for a big run in the test. Excellent. One other uh, Caravelle who you've straightened out mm -hmm. and picked her head up, Troy. Um, Caress next week. The Caress, not yes. Detroit. Yeah, the Caress next weekend. That's one reason I'm late, was I was watching her breeze on the turf, and uh, she went fantastic. This nice. morning. Really, really good. Right. No, you, you, you kind of, she's had, she kind of fishtailed and, mm -hmm. and uh, is back together. Uh, the two year old you want everybody to look forward to seeing? Wow. Um, we have a couple. Uh, yeah. Name one. <laughs> Any <ones>. names? <laughs> name one. Um, well, I'll tell you, for. for Coming up, I think Key of Life. She, she, Key of Life? Yes, yeah, she, she was third, a troubled third, bad bad start, uh, bro, hopped at the start. She breathed really well here yesterday morning, and uh, if all goes well, we, we may see her in a maiden race next weekend here at Saratoga. But she's got some speed and, and the quality, I think, that can win here at Saratoga. Well, you're also hiding some at, uh, at, at Ellis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Who do we watch for at Ellis? Well, we, we, got off, we, we did get off the duck yesterday yep. there with a two-year-old, a, a nice colt. Um, but I, I think we've got a good group of colts and fillies that, you know, will be better later on. They're probably more meant to be two-turn colts and, and fillies. And, but uh, overall, I think we got a, the best group we've ever had of young horses, for sure. That was Bourbon Spirit. Uh, yeah, Bourbon Spirit, yeah. nice colt. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but Mandaloon's got a full brother for Judmont. He acts like he's a good colt as well. I mean, we haven't had, we haven't breathed him out of the gate, but, I mean, from a physical standpoint, they don't really make him any better. I mean, he's, he's a beautiful horse. Mandaloon move forward off the comebacker? Mandaloon breathed fantastic yesterday. I thought his race actually – was good. He set close to a hot pace. And the Stephen Foster. Yeah, and the Stephen Foster. Olympiad's obviously a top horse. Um, Unless and, he's and, facing Baby Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> and we, we, yeah. I, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, you know we can you know use that as a fitness tool to model Nathan Churchill move forward off that. Excellent. Excellent, Brad. We appreciate the uh, visit. Uh, hopefully, everybody appreciated the bonus coverage. But we have to wrap it up. Uh, nice start to the meet. Congratulations on the stakes win uh, yesterday, and good luck uh, going forward as well. Bonus coverage starts with. Letters B and C, right, guys? There you go. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, all right, Seth Merrill, Steve Vick, Loose on the Lead. This was day one of Loose on the Lead, day four of the track. Come on up and enjoy it. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day with a nice card, so uh, make a little money. We'll see you next week on Loose on the Lead. As far as me, I'll be back in on uh, Wednesday morning for the Handicappers Report, so I'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the races. You're watching OTB TV, a service of Capital Off-Track Betting.